From the University of Sydney Business School, this is Sydney Business Insights. And this is Corona Business Insights. I'm Sandra Peter. And I'm Kai Rima. And with everything that's happening out there, it's difficult to understand what COVID-19 will mean for the business world. So in this series, we've been unpacking its impact on business, economy, industry, government, workers and society, and looking at the effects of the pandemic. And this podcast is part of a larger initiative by the University of Sydney Business School. Our COVID Business Impact Dashboard is a living initiative which we constantly update with insights and resources from academics, from industry experts, from Nobel Prize winners and movers and shakers. And you can find all of these resources online at sbi.sydney.edu.au slash coronavirus. And today we talk about what is the common good in times of the COVID-19 pandemic? Over the last few months, we've repeatedly heard politicians, business leaders, the general public saying over and over again that we're all in this together. So in this podcast, we thought we would talk a little bit about the common good and try to look at why collective action in times of crisis, in times of a pandemic, is sometimes quite easy, but sometimes quite difficult. And we want to ask the question, what does this mean when we're saying we're all in this together? How, as a society, do we come to agree what we're collectively working towards? So first, let's remind ourselves that the common good refers to those things, whether they're physical things or cultural things or institutional things, that we, as members of a community or as members of a society, decide we want to provide to all other members of a community to make sure that our common interests are served. So pretty much what we owe one another as citizens. It refers to the sharing of certain benefits in society, but also of certain burdens that we incur in living our lives together. And examples of this would be things like police protection or the road system or public parks or our courts, our museums and cultural institutions, public transport, freedom of speech, national defense and so on. But sometimes the notions of common good become contested when conflicting values are on the table and different parts of society argue for different kinds of what each refers to as the common good. And so we thought we'd take a look at the COVID-19 pandemic, first of all, at the various instances of collective action and working towards the common good that we've all already experienced, and then looking forward to what are the kind of conflicting notions of common good that arise once we're coming out of the pandemic, and what we can do to understand the implications of this. So as we were going into the pandemic, where we started to see spikes in the number of cases around the world, the first conflicting notions of what the common good is started to emerge. As the cases were growing in some places quite slowly, people started to debate whether the common good was the risk the disease posed to public health or whether the risk was more of an economic risk posed to the economy. So should we lock down or should we not lock down was the first of these debates. And we saw a first example of how difficult it is to achieve collective action with hoarding behavior, where individuals prioritized their own access to grocery staples or famously toilet paper 
over the fair communal distribution of those goods that became quite scarce as stockpiling started to take place. But as the pandemic took hold in Australia, for instance, we came to a shared understanding that we are all in this together and that the public health risk was the bigger threat to the community. We locked down, everybody stayed home. And for a couple of months, at least, there was a fairly clear consensus of what the common good is. So in Australia, the states and federal government set aside partisan divides and a national cabinet was formed of the state and federal leaders to jointly discuss and decide on a pandemic response. And quite overwhelmingly, the population supported the lockdown, people stayed home, activity around the country slowed down markedly, as the data has shown. And Australia was able to curb the spread of the pandemic, and most states went to zero or very little case numbers. But the situation of what the common good is becomes less clear when we come out of the pandemic and we shift our consensus to the common good now being about economic recovery. At that stage, as we now foreground opening the economy and getting people back to work, the public health risks are now backgrounded. And when you have a situation where cases might be growing again, like they did in Victoria, quite sharply really, it is very hard to quickly shift back to the public health response. And you might end up with a situation where these two notions now clash, which can potentially contribute to not shutting everything down fast enough again. And then you might end up with a situation like we have in Victoria now. But overall, in most states in Australia, we've been really fortunate enough to go from health response to economic response. In countries like the US or the UK and a whole lot of other countries around the world where the economic pressure to open up the economy, to open up businesses is becoming stronger and stronger, the question of what is the common good, keeping things locked down, trying to further flatten the curve, trying to respond to the virus, or trying to instill more economic activity, letting people out, letting them go about their daily business outside, has now become a matter of much discussion. And so the question of what is the common good is no longer clear cut. And this makes collective action very difficult because let's not forget the moment we agree on what this is, this enables us to collectively do something as a society. So for instance, staying at home or indeed returning to work, but it also manifests itself in things like social distancing, which only works if we all try to do it or wearing face masks. Again, you need collective action and enough people to be doing it. The adoption of contact tracing apps like COVIDSafe works best if it's adopted by at least 60% of the population. And of course, this is a great example to show how collective and individual action often clash. So collectively, it would be best if everyone was to install and use the COVIDSafe app on their phones all the time. But at the same time, many people are worried about privacy implications, even though technically this might be negligible. So we end up with a social dilemma in that everyone might benefit from all of us using the app for better public health outcomes. But individually, I might not see the immediate need, especially in areas where there are very few cases around. 
And so the question is how to deal with a social dilemma like this. And we're going to put a link in the show notes for an article written by our colleague Stefan Volk on our COVID portal, who points out how difficult it is to deal with such social dilemmas, even at times when we do mostly agree on what the common good is. But as cases are now low, most states in Australia are opening up the economy. And while measures like the COVID safe app might actually be most useful now, our understanding of the common good and our attention has shifted to the economic recovery. And that might come at the expense of continuing things like social distancing or using the app. But striking a balance and giving expression to what the common good is, is important not only for governments and for individual citizens themselves, but is also an important issue for businesses. As we come out of lockdown and as restrictions ease, all companies must grapple with the idea of what the social good is. Some companies have made social purpose their mission, but what does it mean for a company to act in line with the social good at this time? Should they be asking people to go back to work and risk public health and future outbreaks? Should companies try to keep people employed, risking the health of the company? Or should companies lay people off? putting the burden back on the general public or back on the state and trying to preserve the health of the economy or the health of businesses themselves. And not only this, as the immediate pandemic subsides and the public health response is no longer the one public good that trumps everything, it is not just the economic recovery that now comes to the fore. There is other issues in society that warrant attention, the climate response or more immediately in recent times, social justice movements such as Black Lives Matter. And we can see here in the organization of public demonstrations and public rallies that sometimes these notions of what is the most pressing common good, equality, social justice versus the pandemic, the public health response and keeping people safe can be at odds, even though collectively we might value both very highly, it then becomes contested, for example, whether or not it's okay to host a public rally in times of pandemic spread. So as we're moving out of the pandemic, our clear consensus over what the overwhelming common good is, that is the risk to public health or preserving public health, as we come out of the pandemic and this consensus is falling apart, it remains to be seen how we strike a balance as we grapple with conflicting interests around the common good. Should the overarching interests be around market outcomes, around social justice, around public health or around economic recovery? And so as societies around the world struggle to achieve a sense of some sort of new normal, questions around common goods will not only be contested, but it will increasingly become important in a world that is now short on resources and cannot possibly accommodate each and every goal in a contracting economy. And that's where we want to leave it for today. This has been Corona Business Insights. Until next time. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. From the University of Sydney Business School, this is Sydney Business Insights, the podcast that explores the future of business.